Hello, gorgeous. My name is Pam Rocket, and I am the host of the Divine Health Podcast. I'm a nutritionist, health and mindset coach, author, and entrepreneur. I am deeply passionate about helping you achieve everything that you desire when it comes to creating your highest health and wellness. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of inspiration and education for all things related to health. We're going to dive deep into topics on nutrition, well-being, finance, motherhood, relationships, spirituality, and so much more. I'm excited to share tools, resources, and conversations with other experts to help you see the infinite ways that you can manifest, create, and embody divine health habits that nourish your soul. Thank you so much for being here. I already know we're going to have so much fun together. Let's begin. Hello, beautiful humans. I'm so excited to bring today's amazing guest expert to you and this conversation. We're talking all about the awakening process with Dr. Laura Foster. She's someone who I've been following and admiring for a very long time because she boldly and courageously shares her truth. She speaks what's on her mind. And the more that she does that, it has inspired me to speak my truth. And that's the goal for this episode is to not only walk you through the deeper conversation of the awakening process, which I know you've all been asking for over on Instagram. I always pull you guys and see what kind of content and information you want to learn more about. And the spiritual awakening process was a big one. So I'm really grateful that Dr. Laura Foster agreed to be on the episode and share all of her wise wisdom, because this is a conversation that not a lot of people talk about. A lot of times in the spiritual community, you'll see love and light, good vibes only, but there's so many other layers. There's so much more depth. And in this episode, we really get into those layers. And I love those deeper conversations, those purposeful, meaningful conversations, and to share that wisdom with all of you guys. So Dr. Laura Foster is a life and mindset coach to women. She's a retired chiropractor the curator of Roots in the Sisterhood, a yoga teacher, podcaster, retreat leader, and the founder of Soul Inspired Girls. Simply put, this amazing human is on a mission to lead women back to themselves and transform the way that they show up in a world one bold and courageous step at a time. Can you see why I was so excited to have her on the podcast? She's a mom of two amazing boys united with her partner, Paul, and their blended family of six. You can find them hiking the trails of BC or hanging out on their property in Costa Rica with their dog, Bodhi, and growing community of conscious humans. I'm just throwing it out there, Dr. Laura. If you have a retreat in Costa Rica, I will be the first person to sign up. She also loves to create and craft the perfect cup of coffee and will enthusiastically sing the incorrect words to every song that she loves. She loves to live for genuine connections, wholehearted living, and slowing down to savor the sweetness of life. And if you follow her over on the gram over at Soul Inspired Girl, which you're going to want to do, you will see that. You will see this woman living freely boldly, courageously, but also slowing down and savoring the beauty and the abundance of life. And I just love that. So inspiring. So go give her a follow. I know she's going to bring so much depth and joy and wisdom to, to your life. And I know that that's exactly why I love following her because there's no limit to the inspiration that we can bring in. And the more that we bring those leaders, those thought leaders in the better our life becomes, right? You're also going to want to check out her podcast. So the soul inspired girl podcast, she drops an episode 
each week and they are so amazing. So I talk about her boundaries episode in, in this episode. So I'm going to link that in the show notes so that you can listen to that as well, because we wanted to get to that topic because oftentimes the awakening process and boundaries go hand in hand, but there's just so much good information that we didn't have time for that. So you can definitely check out her podcast and she's also you can check out her signature program roots in the sisterhood, which is absolutely amazing. And recently I just did her awakening masterclass, which was phenomenal. I can't speak enough about it. It was, I stayed for the full 90 minutes and it was through a virtual masterclass. You felt the energy of the community. And a lot of times when we go through the awakening process, it can feel very lonely or isolating or like no one really understands where you're at. And I share my experience in this episode, but I can't say enough about surrounding yourself with like-minded people and a like-minded community. So definitely go check her out and what she's all about. And I hope that you love the podcast as much as we loved recording it. I actually know for a fact that you're going to get something really good out of this episode because there are so many nuggets. There's so many breadcrumbs or wise words. And, and that's just it. It's so much wisdom. And oftentimes wisdom comes from knowledge and applying that knowledge. That's where the wisdom comes from. So it's not what you get from a textbook. It, it's actually living and breathing and experiencing and then sharing that truth. So without any more delay, let's welcome Dr. Laura Foster to the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm already so excited to hear all the wisdom that you drop on this podcast and this episode. I love to start each episode with the person's story because I think it can tell so much about where we started and where we came from. And I already know yours and it's super inspiring. So I would love for you to tell a little bit about yourself so the listeners can get a feel for what you're all about. Mm, Thank you, Pam. I'm just really grateful to be in this moment having this conversation with you. Um, I got a little bit giddy at the beginning before we pressed record because, you know, you and I have been in each other's stratosphere for a bit. And it's that weird thing about social media and so on, where you literally think, you know, somebody, and then you realize you've actually never met them. (laughs) So thank you for bringing me into this conversation. It feels like a real gift to be across from you. Um, Yeah. Where do I start? Um, Well, I think the most obvious place to start is that uh, I'm a retired chiropractor. And I say that because I practiced full-time in Ontario, Canada for 24 years. And it was quite literally the gift that kept on giving for me. I often say that chiropractic raised me in a way. I became a chiropractor in my 20s. And you know, if you think of practicing full-time for 24 years, you can imagine all the different people you become over 24 years. Mm-hmm. You know, had a few kids, <laughs> a few meaning two. I had a couple of kids and I allowed, and I also got divorced in that time. And I did some really cool things and I had some really big highs and I had some even shittier lows. And all of it really just brought out parts of me as I went through it, that I really started to love and parts of myself that I really needed to understand. And there was a a point in which in my mid forties, kind of early to mid forties, where I really realized that I had left parts of myself behind in that journey. And, you know, it, it probably not coincidentally was also a time when I was also in the middle of separating from my husband of 17 years 
And it wasn't about that. That was just a part of my own breaking down so that I could find this really path back to myself. So, you know, wrap it up in a couple sentences. I kind of went through this period of, um, you know, breakdown to breakthrough, which was super painful. And I would do it all again if I had to, in order to get to the place where I am more now than anything else. And uh, in this place now, this is really, really a knowing and a discovering of who I am at the core of my being. And it gave me an opportunity to let go of the things that were no longer for me. So I could really step into the woman I'd always been. And a couple of years ago in December of 2019, I knew that it was time. I knew that it was time for me to let go of the work and the business that I had been doing for so long with the community and the practice members and the clinic that I love so dearly. I had sold my business earlier that year and I left full-time practice in December of 2019 only to retire my license in March of 2020, which you know coincides with many worldly events, of course. And it was the most... Oh, gosh, it was the hardest. It was really the hardest thing I'd ever done. Really like burning the bridge to something that had been such an epic dream of mine for so long until it really no longer felt like the thing for me to champion anymore. And that's when I, you know, retired my license as a chiropractor so I could speak more fully. I could speak more truthfully. I could speak without concern about what it meant to be a regulated health professional all the things that had been sort of cast upon regulated health professionals for so long, I could just step away from and really say what I needed to say in the way that I needed to say. And it also gifted me this opportunity to step full-time into the work that I had been doing part-time for many years, which was working with women one-on-one in group coaching and in mentorship and so on. So that's the field I've been playing in for the last few years. And uh, it's timely, shall we say. I love your story so much. It's, it's very inspiring because I know a lot of people that have that inner knowing, but they have that really prestigious job that everybody tells them, Oh, you're such an amazing job. Like good for you. And Mm. praise for having that job, but something in their soul is telling them it's time to move on. It's time Mm. to step into this, but this is the unknown. So how did you bravely Mm. take this step? Because I know it seems easy or in, in hindsight, right. Or, you know, when you yes. get on the other side and you're like, Hey, I'm still here. But I think for a lot of listeners, they, that's where the inertia kind of comes in. They have that inner knowing or that intuition, but they don't bravely take that step because it's not secure. And other people will actually say, are you sure you want to do that? Like, what if oh, you, yeah. this? you know, did you get a lot of that, that, um, Oh yeah. I got a lot of projection from other people's fears for sure which of course just jumped on my fears (laughs) like that often does. You know, I would love to say it's such a nice story in retrospect, but going through it, looking back, I had the whisper and the calling for some time and it was very confusing because when you create something from nothing and it becomes the thing that is everything to you for so long, and then all of a sudden you get this message that it's time to move on as much as you know, it's the message for you. The last thing I wanted to do was listen to the message. And so I did it for a long time. And then, you know, uh, I started to have back pain and I started to find it difficult to do my job. And, you know, the irony of it all, the chiropractor with the back pain, there was a part of me that knew 
it wasn't because of what I was doing. It was because of what I wasn't doing. It was the thing that I wasn't honoring within myself. And understandably so, I, I had to have a lot of compassion for that. And that kind of those sacred messenger messengers, as we call them, <laughs> the symptoms of the body was something I couldn't ignore. Mm-hmm. So what started as an inkling and a knowing became and manifested as literally a physical block in my ability to do my work, which I get that it was not lost on me at the time. And it was, you know, as much as it was ironic, it was also frustrating as hell. And eventually I had to start just listening in and listening in. And I'd like to say, you know, I, I was really graceful in my exit that I, that I did, I moved about the world exactly the way I wanted to, but it wasn't that way. And I think we're really hard on ourselves. We think that we have to do it in a very specific way when really, if we can just hold our own hand in the process of exiting away from the things that are no longer for us so that we can be available for the thing that's meant for us. The other part of it for me was I would have loved to have jumped from the top of one success to the top of another success. You know, I kept on trying to think of like, how do I go from this great high of, of having a clinic and doing the thing and just knowing that I know that I know, like, you know, I was really good at what I did. And how do I go from that to the next big thing. That was the pressure that I put on myself. And instead, I finally just said to myself, like, you would never give that advice to somebody else. You would never say, make sure the moment you step away from the thing you've always done, you're already at the peak and the pinnacle of the next thing that you're going to do. Instead of just saying like, hey, how about you allow yourself to find your way? How about it's okay if you go two steps forward and one step back? And how about it's okay if you're more curious than knowing? Or you know, but you feel like you don't know, like all of those things. So, you know, really what I, what looked like it was a really quick move. Somebody asked me, one of my coaches asked me at some time, he said, you know, how long did you overstay? (laughs) I remember my head like perked up. I was like, overstayed? (laughs) He was like, yeah. How long did you overstay as a chiropractor? And then I was like, oh God, I did, didn't I? (laughs) You know, I was like, the first thing in my mouth was, four years. He goes, Oh, that's not bad, actually. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, that's so wild. And also, can that be okay? Yeah. Can we be okay with that? I think that's where, you know, there's so much talk about giving yourself grace. And like, what does that even mean? And I think in this instance, it's like, giving yourself the kindness and compassion that we would give to our best friend or daughter Mm -hmm. or sister, where I, I know I would say to you, you, you trust that you learned everything you were meant to learn. That was your path for a reason. But imagine if we knew the whole timeline of our life, how boring, how oh. incredibly boring that would be. It's like, it's meant to be exciting. And we're meant to just trust that this calling isn't coming to you for no reason. But it also came in divine timing. If you want to think about world events and everything that happened. And I know I followed you all the way through the pandemic. And I was like, Go girl, like share <laughs> your truth because the more that you do, the more that you give me the confidence to share my truth. And how many other women that are sitting there that are overstaying? I was definitely overstaying. I was mm-hmm. like, I know that I'm out of this. And I would a little bit share on the podcast as I felt comfortable until I finally had that, that moment, that experience where I was like, I can't 
this part of me is like no longer, like it's, it doesn't light me up. I can't passionately talk about it. I feel like it's one little piece of this great big puzzle. And I'm ready to talk about the puzzle. I'm ready to talk about the deeper conversations. I'm ready to share my truth and step into what's happening in my life. And it was funny because my symptoms manifested as depression. I was deeply Mm -hmm. feeling, and I've heard Jim Carrey and I've shared this before. He says that depression, and I don't take, if this resonates, take it. If it doesn't, I love your analogy of soft hands, (laughs) but that it's like your body, the avatar is like, I don't want to play this role anymore. And the truth, like that was so exactly where I was at, but I was so afraid to step into my power. I was so afraid to share my truth that I was changing once again, you know, and what were people going to think of me? And so how would you, how did you develop that confidence within yourself to let go of other people's, I love that you said projections, because then it's, it's very easy to, like, words are so powerful to notice that that's not a me thing. That's a them thing. I don't have to carry that. So how did you begin to adopt that as you were making the tra- change and tra- transition yeah. and you're going along now because you're constantly growing and I'm watching you and I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, first of all, someone said to me, bravery can be bored and courage is contagious. And yes, uh, yes, we have to see each other, say it and do it and uh, witness it so that we can see it within ourselves, I think. And that's, what's so powerful about conversations like this and the different ways that we tap into other people's boldness. My courage came by collecting my own data points, like taking a little bit of a courageous move that might've felt like a big move. But like you said, when you were knowing that you were shifting and changing into new work, you would let it squeak out at little periods. It'd be like, there's a little party that just came out. And it's like, and then you realize you're still standing. The world's still spinning. All is okay. And then you go to yourself, oh, there's a data point. I can be courageous, right? That's how we become courageous. We become courageous by practicing being courageous. And then we start to have evidence that we can be courageous too. It's like, it's so easy for us to recognize it in other people and difficult for us to claim it in ourselves. So that's the first thing is you're already courageous. It's just understanding that you're courageous and maybe you want to flex it a little bit more and that's okay. Just, you know, walking yourself through that. Um, The part where I'm trying to separate myself from other people's really opinions and stuff is really recognizing what you just said, which is people respond to your life through the lens of their life. They don't respond to your life through the truth of your life. And that distinction for me was everything because it's not a fault. It's nothing against a person who is speaking their truth into you when you go about living your life. It's just an awareness. And when I started to understand that, that we, we all see life through our own lens, which is really based on our own experience. It's based on who we are at the core of our being. It's based on traumas. It's based on any unprocessed or unhealed portions of our life. It's everything. We all have that. Mm-hmm. So when I would, you know, for example, when I got divorced several, several years earlier, eight years later, earlier, rather, I noticed that people were having their own emotional response to my divorce. And then they were kind of lovingly or not lovingly placing that upon me. And I started carrying it. So I'm managing my own divorce. I'm trying to be there for my kids. I'm trying to keep my business. I'm trying to 
figure out who the heck I am and all of this undoing. And people are like having their own emotional reactions to my divorce. And I'm supposed to hold that until I stopped holding it. And then when I stopped holding it, I was like, I don't need to hold that. I just put myself right there, like as if I'm important to hold their grief about my life experience. You know, whatever that was, it was just a little example for me where I was like, oh, I'm totally putting myself there and I don't need to do that. And that was the beginning of me really having the cognitive understanding that we choose to hold things for other people. Mm. We think they're doing it to us. They might be happy for you to hold it, but you need to take full responsibility for what you're holding. And at any moment in time, you can package that sucker up and you can put it down. You don't need to hold it. And that's how I feel about other people's opinions. That's how I feel about other people having an emotional reaction to my life. It's not mine to hold. And I can choose to take up residence in it. And sometimes I do because the person matters that much to me or there's a conversation to be had but I'm not standing there holding it while they walk on and live the rest of their life. And truthfully, no one's really paying that much attention to you. They're really really not. (laughs) They might've said the one comment, it kind of triggers you or, you know, gets you in all the wrong places. And then they're over it. They're like going, having dinner and you're like, why would they say that to me? You know, like (laughs) maybe I shouldn't do this. Yes. But mm-hmm. I think that's such a beautiful point. The radical responsibility, that's a word that I love to take, like an ownership for how I'm showing up, the beliefs that I'm having, the, and it, that's been a big part of my spiritual awakening process is, is saying like, is this even mine? Like, is this even mine? Because so many things that we think it's like, just pause for a minute and ask yourself, where did you pick that up? Where did it come from? Why are you believing that? Is it the truth for you? And I think that you've, you've said that before is that two different people can have very different truths. And it doesn't mean that one is right or wrong. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, in your own gut, soul, whatever, if you spend enough time to create the space, what is true? And maybe you don't know everything right away, but it, you, do you feel like you've just been constantly like peeling back the layers and like, oh, there's another paradigm. Oh, <laughs> Let go oh my gosh. In my own, in my own spiritual awakening, which I didn't even know was an awakening. It felt a lot like a breakdown, which of course, anytime you have an uh, awakening, you're, you're becoming aware of something that you were once unaware of. Like to me, it can be a gradual, a gradual or a radical process. And I would say if I had to really clarify it for me, I have become awake to my life and to the illusions of society and, and government and, you know, a whole lot of big corporate things and, and all of the processes and the contracts and the ways that we move about the world, our financial system, our school system, our healthcare system, they all need to break down Mm. and they are breaking down and me starting to become awake to the illusions of what I thought has, you know, that's been something that has been first and foremost in my life and in my mind. Like I said, I think it really did start for me many years ago, but it started to exponentially rise in my awareness as my own self-awareness and self-discovery increased in the last few years. And now it's, you know, (laughs) at a neck breaking pace right now, but I'm, I'm, once I started to realize that I, 
I'm really in this process of awakening. And so it's this self-awareness is rising, but then illusions are shattering. And I've had to hold myself very carefully in all of this, you know, because you and I have had some of this conversation a little bit, even just through small moments here and there. But I think there are many, many humans. I work primarily with women, so I often speak in terms of women. But there are many, many humans right now that know they are on some level in a process of awakening Mm -hmm. or they are really curious to it, which usually tells me that it's happening, but we just don't have the cognitive awareness of it. And sometimes people will say that people are awake or asleep. And I'm not, I'm not about that. To me, I think we're all in a process of awakening. It's just happening in different ways at different paces at different times for different people. So, you know, my process has definitely been something where I feel like it's been not just sweet nectar, mm-hmm. right? There's a p- place within me that what I'm learning about who I am and about the world around me and about humanity and also what's possible feels like sweet nectar. It feels so deeply familiar. It really speaks to what I think is possible in the world and really ultimately where we're going. And also it feels like shit. It feels like (laughs) breakdown. It feels like grief. It feels like torture. It feels like suffering. Sometimes it feels relentless. It feels um, exhausting. It feels like I'm sipping from a water hose. Mm -hmm. which you can imagine is not very comfortable. So, you know, it's like that two truths or really multiple truths can be held simultaneously in the world. And I, and I think that part of it is just owning or opening to the possibility that you too are on a path of awakening and you might not even know what that means, but you kind of do know what it means. You know, it's like that at the same time, it's like, I don't know, but inside you're like, but you do know. (laughs) yes if you if you allow yourself to be open to it and I I love that definition that no one's awake or asleep because I think that that is very black and white and there's a whole lot of room for gray area and I do think that it's important to disclose because a lot of times when you see spirituality it's like good vibes only or love and light Mm. that is bullshit I can say (laughs) that my spiritual awakening was massive destruction and massive um breakdown to breakthrough like exactly what you said and I think that it I can see now it's a good thing but sometimes when you're going through it it can feel like a personal attack from the universe what did I do but that's where I, I think it's really mindset is so important to say like this isn't happening to me this is happening for me that was a mantra that I had all the way through, like, what am I learning through this? And I recently saw something and it said, life isn't about good times and bad times. It's about self-discovery and self-mastery. And I was like, that's beautiful. Cause when we're discovering it's uncomfortable, we don't really know what's going on. And then once we've, you know, walked the path or, you know, walk through hell mm-hmm. or where, wherever it is, you get to the other side, the only way out is through. Right. And always, so that was something my husband told me. And I was like, you mean, I can't just like lie down and get <laughs> like, I mean, you can, but you're just delaying the inevitable and it's really hot in there and it's very uncomfortable. So why not just take one step Pam? Like I'll hug you. I'll hold your hand, like whatever your, your body needs, like honor that, which I think is really important to talk about too, is that there's so much resistance to the uncomfortable feelings because we're such a society of trying to avoid, like scapegoat the negative or I don't even like using the word the heavier emotions and they're all feedback they're all our body's way of 
communicating with us and they're trying to tell us something. And so what, how do you recommend, cause I know that you're a leader for women, like to welcome in those heavier emotions or maybe those uncomfortable emotions and like see it as good as we see happiness, you know, like mm. it, that's a big evolution that I've had over the past two years is like, hi, grief. What, what are you here to tell me? Hi, anxiety. What are you here to tell? You know, just welcoming it in so that you can process and transmute. So what's your take on, on those heavier emotions in the journey? I am, I'm my head bobbing up and down here because I agree. I, there is only one way to the other side and it's through. And I think once you get to the other side, you're actually on the precipice of the next one, which don't worry, don't look too far ahead. It's all good. (laughs) And so, you know, it's the place where it's, if you resist it, if you really resist it, she's just going to come with you because the tapping into what I call your higher truths is the way that you sort of stay in a place of getting above what I call the hairball of life. When you're in the chaos and confusion, it's chaos and confusion. And when you allow yourself to kind of be like an eagle and kind of soar up above it a bit, you get a different perspective, which I think is oftentimes the way that you hold your hand through this is if you can get above it and start to recognize that there's a bigger reason and you need to potentially be curious to what that bigger reason is for you. What is your bigger belief behind what's happening in your life right now, or maybe what's happening around you. And it is that thing where it's like, is it happening to you or is it happening for you? If you believe it's happening for you, yeah, you're not having fun down there in the hairball. But if you can stay connected to this bigger truth or be curious to what that means to you, then you can hold some space for what's possible. When you kind of have this place of recognition that it's like, I am actually divinely led and I'm protected. And if And if I don't see the path before me right now, it's because I don't need to know the path. But if I keep walking, the path is going to start to open up before me. And so sometimes that's one bold move at a time. And sometimes that's one breath at a time, one breath at a time. Someone said to me that self-awareness without self-compassion is self-torture. And I would say that self-awareness or sorry, self-compassion rather, is something that I really understood as a concept for someone else (laughs) for a lot of years. And I've had a lot of compassion being very empathic. I've had a lot of empathy for other people. I mean, I was a chiropractor, so I, I care a lot about other people and their human experience. I didn't really realize that it was for me as well. And that it was actually important for me. And it was actually how I was going to, and what I would, what I've said already a few times, which is hold my hand through my own process, through my own journey. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you and I could sit across from each other and we would say the most truthful things to each other. We'd be like, of course you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is hard. That's so natural. Yes, you can be a beginner or yes, that, you know, of course you feel sad right now, or you're frustrated, like all those things. And then we turn around and we don't even gift ourselves the same thing. Right. And if we can say those things to ourselves, then our nervous system has a place and our subconscious has a place where we can dial it down so that we can have a place where we can integrate and regulate in amongst all these big changes that are happening. And the minute we can start to do that, then it gives ourselves a place where we can process. 
but we're up in that like the high vibration. And I don't mean like the good high vibration. I mean like the static cling and all of that. When we're up in that space where we're just, we're busy, we're numbing ourselves, we're creating chaos and drama in our own lives. We're doing things to avoid our own feeling. Then really that's the place where we're bypassing what we need to do. So it's like, who, who do you need to be being? What do you need to be putting into your life? What do you need to be creating for yourself so that you can allow yourself to walk through this because you deserve it. You deserve to have that same level of compassion and grace and empathy for yourself. And I think that when we can do that for ourselves and believe me, I'm not sta- standing here saying so easy, come on, you know how to do this. We do know how to do it, but we have to practice doing it for ourselves. So it's just understanding that and really offering that, I think that same grace for ourselves. That's such a great point. And I think that an important thing that you and I have talked about too, is that you don't always get it right. 10 times out of 10, like our job is not to be perfect. Our job isn't to be like, yes, we walked through it. We were skipping through, you know, (laughs) the hot spots and, you know, just walking over coals, bare feet and we're fine. And we're on the other side and everything's aligned and it's perfect. It's like, no, it is hard. And sometimes we, we handle it really well. And we do things that really support us. Like we can reach out and have a coach or we can take a nap. Like we can gift ourselves a nap because I know in your masterclass that you did, you were like, anybody else tired? And I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. And I think that that's the things a lot of times on this journey, we can feel so alone. And we, in fact, in my experience, I was a hermit. I pulled back Mm. from everybody and everything. And I didn't want to let anybody in because I thought I'm not the best version of me right now until I can show up as the best version. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to hide. And I think that that's really important to share because what I really could have used was a sister, (laughs) like, you know, see me and hold me and, you know, hold the space. And That's finally where I got my courage to share more is that I was like, Pam, be the person that you wish that you had, you know, show up in that capacity because who are you to not help these people that are behind you or beside you, or, you know, maybe in front of you, but they're just like, we're all in a different place and none of it is better or, or worse, but it's just like, I wish that I had this so badly that I have to overcome my fear. And I know that I've I've been told to do this. I've just been resisting it because I thought Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. What? Like, where's the certification on (laughs) women's circle, right? The masculine (laughs) mind uh, or divine masculine kicks in on, will people sign up? What will they think? And it's just getting out of our own way and listening to that, that inner guidance. Right. So And I know that you have been called to do the same. You've been leading with your roots program, which is amazing. You've been leading with the circle that you just did. I just want to say for everybody listening, when you started it and you opened the circle, it was virtual, which is a lot harder than in person, but we held their hands out. I felt that like, even right now I'm like getting goosebumps all over and I'm like, oh, it was just so good. And I think that that's the important thing. So if you're going through the process and you're feeling very isolated, alone. I felt like no one understood me because even the people that love me immensely, like my mom and my sisters, my husband and my kids, they're like, what's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and as much as we would love to, like, I can relate. Let me just say I can relate. And when I would reach out to the people closest to me, it was confusing because 
I feel like I have an identity with those with those humans and I care too much what they think. And also they know who I am. So it's like this weird kind of concoction. It's like a, it's like everything's in there. And so sometimes it's actually easier to do it with people who are a couple degrees separated from you, mm-hmm. which is what's so interesting about retreats because you host and I host and you know what it's like. Almost all the women that come to my retreats don't know another soul, which I think is so interesting because sometimes I'm hosting internationally and that woman who sometimes doesn't even know me gets on a plane to join a whole bunch of people she doesn't know to have an experience that is the most authentic, vulnerable thing she's ever done in her life. And she finds it easier to do it with people who don't already know or think they know who she is. So it it's okay, I think, sometimes to seek out people that are just a little bit further away from your innermost circle. And if your innermost circle feels right, that's great too. But if you feel like, why can't I share my full truth right now with these humans? I think that's also natural. So outing yourself, I think is really important. Like outing yourself, let, let your truth come out in any way. And if it's a squeak, if it's a little bit, it doesn't need to be a podcast, a megaphone, a blowhorn. It doesn't need to be those things. You know, sometimes it's a quiet conversation across from somebody. Sometimes it's a declaration like I'm signing up for the thing to go to the thing to meet the people that I know somewhere in my being are going to help me stand more deeply and take ownership in who I am because we know it and we feel ourselves being drawn to it right? We're like, oh, I would love to do that. And then our cognitive brain goes, what? You can't do that. You're going to spend how much money going to do that with those people you don't even know, but you haven't even taken a vacation with your kids in two weeks. Like, you know, the whole thing that comes in, but I'm like, we have whispers. We know what we need. We know what we want. It's, it's just about listening to whatever those whispers have to say. I really feel like the biggest voice in your head is oftentimes your brain and your brain is hardwired for security and your brain is built on a operating system that isn't at the level of your soul. So although your brain has some good things to say, she's also very, very uh, invested in you saying extremely small. Whereas your soul is oftentimes that quieter voice. It's the tap on the shoulder. It's the nudge. It's the feeling. It's the nuance. It's the soft, loving, sometimes back pain related. (laughs) It starts to increase at time. It's that part that's just like, listen in, sweet soul. I got something for you. And it's that thing that we're like, we want to listen to. It's Mm -hmm. like we long to listen to. And that's the one that I say, start listening to her a little bit more. How can you honor her a bit more? How can you, even if you can't, for whatever reason, do the thing right now, how can you honor what she's asking you to do, even in the smallest way right now, just even in the smallest way? That's such a good point, because I think a lot of times that's a question I get where people say, what's the difference between like my brain and my intuition or my ego and my intuition? Mm. And one of the things that I heard, which you kind of said was the brain, it's, safety, security, fear, typically a story. Like mm-hmm. you can't do that because that, 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 that. if you're getting a story, that is not your intuition. <laughs> it's just like that little, like, I don't know. Like I just saw a workshop for developing your psychic and intuitive abilities with someone who I really respect. And my, 
I was like lit all the way up and I was like, Ooh, you need to sign up for this. And why not? You know, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, I'm not like, I don't know if I'm getting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Your not- brain's like, you're not psychic. <laughs> right? I know. And you're like, I could see you're like, well, maybe I am. It's like, you know, your brain's like, why would you take a psychic? Why would you take a workshop yeah. about your psychic ability? It's like, well, the truth is, is that we all have abilities far beyond what we tell ourselves and what we're capable of. And that's part of the awakening. That is part of the awakening. The thing you feel called to do where your brain says, you don't have the certificate. You don't have the authority to do that. You don't have the certification to do that. Who's going to listen to you? That thing, stop listening to that. Mm-hmm. Stop listening to that. That is so yesteryear, shall we say, this is the part of us that has really kept us down. And I, I wholeheartedly believe in every cell of my being that the world is destined for greatness right now, like massive, massive greatness, oneness, unity, compassion, love in a way we have literally never had before. And I know a lot of us are standing in this place going, girl, you're crazy. Are you looking out? We are more divided. We are more uncohesive. We are more broken down than anything else. And that's what it is. You have to break down before you break through. And if you can see people who are seeing something and tapping into an energy and a frequency and a knowing that there's a part of you that's like, I want that too, or that feels familiar, or I'm attracted to that. There's a reason you're attracted to it. There's a part of you that knows it too. And you know what? I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. (laughs) And (laughs) that's another thing about me. But you know, you can have your own belief system, right? That's that thing. Multiple truths can be happening simultaneously. And wherever you let your mind go is literally what you will see. So if it's, you know, it's not that I don't ever get down. It's not that I don't ever feel discouraged. It's not that I don't ever feel angry or frustrated or sad or all those things. All the truth is actually in some ways all the time. But my higher truth is the things that I'm talking about right now. This level of deeper knowing that I tap into outside of my head space, right? Like if I'm all up in my head, I'm like, I'm all up in my head. Right. Like I literally say that to them, Laura, you are all up in your head. And then I just try and, you know, bring my breath and my awareness down a little bit deeper. If I can bring it down below my chin, I start to kind of tap into my knowings. And, you know, sometimes that means I have to put my hand on my chest or my hand on my belly. And I start to have to just tune into what that is. Now that's the way I do it. I mean, that's how I stay connected. And this has been a practice over a period of time. But even knowing the distinction of when you're wrapped in your head and when you're more wrapped into a deeper feeling or awareness, maybe it's an inkling, you know, I like what you said about that, where it's like, if there's a whole story attached to it, that's not your intuition. That's so well said, Pam. I'm going to have to borrow that and give you credit for that. That's so good because it's true. You know, it's like the real, that's why like the soulful truths are the simplest, Mm -hmm. you know, like you read Rumi and you're like, yes, right? Like it's like five words, right? Those are soul truths. There isn't, it just is, you know, and so it is, that's a soul truth. Like there's these short kind of knowings and awarenesses. And also I just think there's this place where it's like, if you can start to connect in with other humans who are 
doing or vibing or actioning on some things that you feel called towards, that that is something very important to listen to. So it's like, if you're in this podcast or listening to this podcast and there's something Pam and I are saying that you're like, oh, I'm so interested or intrigued by that, or that feels so relevant to me. Don't let that just go by unnoticed, you know, jot it down and kind of like feel into it and be like, what do I love about that? Or what feels so true for me? Or if that feels true to you, what can I do in this moment to honor that a little bit more fully? Because it's, I think it's just a lot of times it's just pulling on the thread and pulling on the thread and pulling on the thread. And next thing you know, you know, (laughs) the garment's falling apart, but also (laughs) there's an awareness there. There's an awareness where you're like, okay, that's how you move ahead. You don't move ahead going, this is where I'm going. First, I'm going from A and then I'm going to go to B and then I'm going to go to C. You know, it's like how a plane flies. Planes don't go, hey, I'm flying from Toronto to San Francisco and they put in the coordinates and they just fly straight across in the most efficient way possible. Okay, I was married to a pilot. I can tell you with great authority, that's not how planes travel. Planes travel a little bit this direction, a little bit in that direction. Then they course correct a little bit in this direction, a little bit in that direction. That's how we fly. Sometimes we go really far in the wrong direction, but then we course correct. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to hold the whole story about all of it. It's like, oh my gosh, look what I did. It's like, mm-hmm, yeah, next and keep going, you know? Well, it, and each thing, each piece of awareness is I like to say a gift. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it. I know there's probably a lot of people eye rolling right now. If you're in the thick of it, I know I would have been, but in hindsight, I'm like, wow, look at how much I learned about myself. I can say now that I love myself. I consider myself whole and worthy. It's sure. I still have bad body image days, but whether one person comes to my women's retreat Mm. or it fills up, I'm still whole and worthy. My, whoever comes does not dictate how worthy I am or how good I am. And I was not in that place in 2019. When I started, I was like, if I get a bad review on Amazon, I'm going to like, just like, why would they not like my book? I put my heart. So, you know, it was just like very people pleasing. I'm good. If I get validation, I'm words of affirmation, love language. And now I'm like the only words of affirmation I I really truly need are my own. And when I'm out of alignment, I can say like, just kind of what you said. Okay, Laura, I'm in my head. I can say, okay, I am very anxious right now and trying to be 20 steps in front of me. What are the tools that I've learned over the past two years that have told me I'm strong enough to manage this myself? So that radical responsibility, right? To say, okay, I'm feeling this. It's not my husband's problem. It's not my kid's problem. It's not my day's problem. It's not my work's problem. It's, it's my opportunity to say, what tools do I have in my tool belt that I can go to? Because I know that I have the strength. And I think anybody that's going through it, you're going through it because you're strong enough to go, right? That, that's it. And also I will just say it, that's kind of life in general, right? Yes. It's like, you can be in a flow, in a stream, doing something, and then just something comes out of left field. And I love that idea of radical responsibility and making it crystal clear to yourself. What are the tools that you have ownership over that you can serve yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, bringing in that compassion being like, this is how I'm feeling and owning it. This is how I'm feeling. It doesn't say anything about who you are. You're just acknowledging how you're feeling and then gifting yourself the things that you know bring you back to center so that you can meet the next moment 
and then you can meet the next moment and then you can meet the next moment. Um, and I so value that you share that because I, I do think as much as, you know, we want to be really authentic in the way that we show up in the world, um, you know, there still is that place where we like to show up shiny and we like to show up um, put together, you know, sometimes I see my humanness come through and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, there I am. And then there's this part of me that goes, oh, dear Lord, there I am. There you are, Laura. You didn't brush your teeth. You're not wearing a bra and you somehow turned on your Instagram story and you're speaking about something because you're passionate about it. Right. And then I, there's, there used to be a part of me and I know I'm using Instagram as a, as an example, because a lot of people will go, I just hate Instagram. Cool. I get it. You can use that same story or that same concept anywhere. Mm. Like the, the thing that we, we, the, the standard to which we hold ourselves that doesn't really help us. Like we can change it. Mm-hmm. We can really change it. I think that people resonate with realness too, because everybody, when you wake up in the morning, yeah, we're not looking like Beyonce. I woke up like this, like we're not <laughs> as much as I would love to. And there are days where I've gone on and I'm like, oh, your hair in this humid weather is, yeah. you know, and I've just been like, you're still home worthy, Pam. People still like you. People like your vulnerability because you don't have to be perfect to show up for people. In fact, if you were perfect all the time, how relatable would you be? Right. Like, and what does that even mean? Right. What does it mean to be perfect? Like, yeah, it's the perfect in our imperfections and it's our, it's our wholeness in our feelings of unworthiness. These are the things that really the investment in being okay to start with. And then being ex- like being okay with who we already are, but then also learning to love who we are. Mm-hmm. And that is a process. And I think we can be really kind to ourselves in that process. And I think that is part of the purpose and the calling in our own life mm-hmm. is to come back to ourselves. There are times in our life where we've betrayed who we are and we've left ourselves behind and we've been more interested in being things and being people and being there for someone else than we are for ourselves. And then there's a point in our lives where almost always you have that place where you're like, I want to be that for me. I'm not sure how to do it. That is what I feel is one of the most massive shifts that's happening on the planet right now. We've been told that it's not okay to be self-full and self-aware, that that in turn is selfish. And yet, if you really want to go out and impact the world and make a difference and gift yourself to other people, you have to gift yourself to yourself first. You have to shore up those places within ourselves where we're leaking energy all over the place. And we have to be able to do so in such a way that we are standing in our wholeness if we want to do that for anyone else. So I feel like for all the messages that are so mixed and backwards right now about thinking more about other people than we think about ourselves, I'm like, just be careful with that one. Mm -hmm. Because if you get that order wrong, that's not sustainable. It's also not why you're here. We are meant to gift this to ourselves so that we can gift it to other people. And I think that when we hear that and we kind of soften into that a little bit, we're like, we know that to be true. We actually do know that to be true. And it's not just the put on your oxygen mask for other people, although everyone can relate to that. It's bigger than that. It really is bigger than that. If there were parts of yourself that you left behind and places within yourself that you haven't processed, it's like 
slow down to pick those pieces back up and meet yourself in your own healing and learn how to set better boundaries and do all the things that you know are potentially not already in your life that your life is desperately calling for, then we can start to move ahead and we can start to do the things and start to show up in the ways that really is going to shift not only the quality of our life, but the quality of our relationships, the quality of our community, our health, our, our, our oneness, our community, like the humanity, like all of it just starts to one feeds on top of the other. And I think that's the vibration of change that so many of us are looking for at this point. It's absolutely true. And I think that the more like for this podcast interview, I was like, I want to be at the best me that I can be. So I'm going to prep myself. And I know Tony Robbins says priming so that I can bring the energy that mm. I want to so have the clear focus. And that's not me being selfish or needing to do that. It's like, I, I value myself enough to take that time. So I had a question from someone and they said, can you speed up the awakening process? What's your take on that? Huh. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> I love that. I just said, think about that. Cause anytime I ask myself to think about something, I tend not to come into the right place. If I were to feel into that, can you speed up? I feel like the best answer for me would be the way that I have sped up my own awakening process is to let go more, to really um, notice where I'm resisting and really feel into that. I think the process is happening on its own. And the only thing that we do is get in the way. And uh, I've definitely had my arms on the, you know, door jams and my heels to the earth before, but to let life unfold, which is something one of my girlfriends said is to let life unfold is one of the biggest gifts you can, you can do for yourself. And I think you can probably relate to this in the body. Healing is something that in general terms is something that just naturally, it's a naturally occurring state in the body. Healing. Healing is a naturally occurring state in the body. And what we tend to do as humans, and we just get in the way, we'll get in the way of our own healing. You know, same thing with having a baby, growing a baby. Like literally, it happens, it's just innate, it's inborn, it's in there, it's happening. And the only thing we really have a tendency to do is get in the way. And I think this is also happening. It's happening for us. It's happening within us. And the way that we speed the process up, if that's such a thing, <laughs> is to really just slow down our resistance, stop mm-hmm. our resistance, minimize the mi- minimize what's what's really happening within you and for you and around you. What would you say to that? I love that because I know you said resistance creates persistence, which we, we don't want that. And mm-hmm. also too, I don't think that we can speed it up, but we can dedicate time to get quiet, to listen more. Mm. That's one of the things that I see people, they're like, I want to have this, but I'm so busy with X, Y, Z that there's no space. There's no space to hear how to heal or what is even coming up to be heard, if that, so to speak. So I know in my process, I reached out because I was like, I'm really overwhelmed. And I was like, I, I need a little bit of guidance. So I hired someone Uh, I'm not hired. I hired a coach and she taught me meditations. And I knew, I knew, and I preach it on here that I should be meditating, but I didn't know how (laughs) and all this and that. So she would take me on these guided meditations. And I'm telling you, there was nothing like it. Like I felt so, so much better after I would come in feeling like all filled with like 
sadness, grief, confusion, feeling really lost and just all of the feels. And I allowed, she taught me how to welcome them in. She's like, you, you don't want to feel sadness. You bypass it by running and you have closed Mm -hmm. your heart in the process. And I was like, whoa, those are a lot of big truths. Right. But sometimes it takes someone else to, for me in in my place, I, I needed help. I didn't know how to get through it. And so when I did that meditation practice, I was like, so if doing this once a week with her really helps me, I'm going to do this every day. I am committed as fuck. And I was like, I, if I have to forego my workout, this is the most important thing in my life right now. And I prioritize that. I was like for 15 minutes a day, I cannot say that I don't have 15 minutes. Right. And so I, I made that commitment to myself and that's how in my way, I will say I sped it up. I think it took exactly the amount of time, but I think if I wouldn't have reached out, if I wouldn't have applied myself or created that space so that you can see how good, good can feel. And that's one thing that I always say, like, you don't know how good, good can feel until you have invested the time. So before I was like, yeah, I should meditate. I really don't know what the benefit is. So I'm fine. I don't need it. You know? And and oftentimes this is what, then when we have crisis, we're like, I don't have the tools. (laughs) So like, if you're feeling like it's slow or you're in that resistance, maybe hire a coach that can navigate you through it or a community like the roots program where, Hey, you're not even going through it alone. And I find, I don't know about you, but every single retreat I have, like initially I was like, this is interesting. 10 women from 10 different places. Hopefully everybody comes along and it is always magic. Magic. Yes. The last retreat I had, everybody had a connection. And, and it was like this weeb web of, you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. They were all like, so connected and they helped each other so much more. And then for me, I was like, I was able to take the mask off and I'm like, I am so seen. I'm so loved. Like it was the most beautiful experience because we all came in ready to take the mask off, ready to be ourselves. And it's like, you can't, find your community. You can't find your people. If you're like, what did my coach one time? She said, if you're, if you're putting the mechanic hat on and you want to, I don't know, what's another trade. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. If you want to be a teacher and you're dressing yourself up as a mechanic, you're never, it, it, is that what you're saying? Like yeah, that yeah, idea. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So if you're just like, I am, you know, Pam that doesn't talk about spirituality and I never talk about spirituality, even though I'm like pulling cards with my kids and like (laughs) going to the crystal shop and meditating and spending way more time in nature than I am with humans. And it's like, that's who I am, but you have to be brave enough to share that so you can attract it in. And I think when you can do that, even if it starts with a little, like I bought this deck. (laughs) Yeah. If you just squeak it out a little bit. And what I love about what you just said there is, you know, you, you decided to host a retreat from your own knowings, right? From your own knowings. And so that's called, I think, priming the quantum field. Mm. So you prime the quantum field with your vision of what's possible. And the women who said yes to that tapped into that quantum field. And so that's how we are in this place of connection when we don't see why, how, how we're connected. That's why every single time that the exact same thing you're talking about, I host a retreat and I 
sit there and go, I know it's going to be great. And I'm scared as fuck. And I hope I can do this. And then the, and I'm like, and then about an hour before they come, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I hosting a retreat? And I, I'll do that. And then afterwards I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And then I, you know, rinse and repeat. I start the whole thing again. And that's the, the magic of what I call of the retreat. But the truth is it's all in the quantum field. It's that's how come when we spend time energetically aligning with these pieces of ourselves that are calling to us, the universe answers that. Mm. And we have to practice it at the beginning because we don't see evidence of it. And then once we start to see evidence of it, then we're a little bit more bold and we stand more in that. And that's, that's the part where I think we practice being who we really are. How weird is that? (laughs) We have to practice being who we really are because we've created all these ways that we felt we needed to show up in the world. And we might even have been primed in many ways by where we got recognition or where we were shunned or different things. But we learn at a very early age, albeit every, you know, oftentimes in our youngest years, it can be completely well-intentioned, but it's human nature to see how we can best be loved, to see how we can best be coddled, how we can best be celebrated, how we are most safe when we show up. And that's what we learn to do very unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And then there's a place in which we no longer need to do that, but we're still doing it. You know, I have to be perfect to be loved. Did anyone ever say you needed to be perfect to be loved? Probably not. But were you potentially raised in a well-intentioned, loving childhood home where you really got celebrated for that? Mm-hmm. You really got accolades for when you were awesome or when you were the top of this or the best at that. And again, this isn't a about someone not doing parenting, right? This is just human nature. And then we go into life and we have this unconscious or subconscious belief that every time I need to go out in the world, I need to be perfect. And then we wonder why we have a hard time starting the new thing, Mm. you know, that kind of stuff. So not to say, you know, you have to go down this long, long, long road of, of self-discovery, rather like healing that, but this place where we just maybe even recognize it. We're like, oh, yeah, actually I get that. That might've been me or maybe it's something else, but it's, there's, there's something there that, you know, and then you're just aware it's no longer a blind spot. And so you can pull this together, go, I, I have a tendency to want to be perfect at things. And when it shows up, what is the way that you work with yourself so that you can go forward with this little bit of remaining need to be perfect. (laughs) It's like you tuck it under your arm and you go like, I'm doing this big thing. And I see myself, I'm trying to be perfect right now. How can I let myself be kind of who I really am? I love what you said about everything to do with the meditation, because there isn't probably a human in the world that goes, I should probably meditate. And I love that. I should probably be meditating. We don't know really why we should be meditating, but everyone knows that there's probably something really good in there. And what I heard from someone one time say to me is, we really create from our emptiness. Mm -hmm which is why I think that when we slow down, we exhale. And when we exhale and we slow down, we get an opportunity to kind of process the things we haven't processed, which gives space for what's coming, for Mm -hmm. what is for you. So, you know, that place where you reached out in support of somebody else to help you get back to that place. I think that's how we help each other. 
So maybe it's you hire a coach or you hire a mentor, or you join a group or you become part of a community. But if you keep doing the same thing, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. But if you allow yourself to just even scared as shit, say yes to something like hiring, like you did, hiring a coach to say like, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm standing here putting myself forth to be guided by somebody who can help me. I think it's one of the most beautiful things you can do. And I think there's a lot of humans right now in the world who are going, I need that. Mm. And those of us that are listening are really finding ways to kind of move forward with less resistance. And sharing, sharing that experience. Like I really do think as a teacher and a leader, I, I learn and then I come to the other side and I'm like, Hey guys, it's better on the other side. Like (laughs) what works for you and leave the rest. Like, yeah, if meditation, if you cannot sit down walking a walking meditation in nature, where you're just like, notice the trees, notice the abundance, notice your breath, notice all these little things. It doesn't have to be sitting and, and just like, about anything. Don't think about what you're making for dinner. (laughs) But I I can guarantee that even a 10 minute guided meditation in the morning, you can take all the stress off yourself. You can just listen, focus on your breath, try it for seven days and see how good good can feel. And I think it's investing in the after same with the workouts, you know, the days where you just don't feel like working out and you're like, I know that I'll feel better after I know that I'll have more energy, more clarity, I'll feel better. So I'm just going to honor my body. I don't have to push. I don't have to whatever, but yes. I'm going to get some movement in. Right. Cause I think that that's really important too. Don't just like force it because you're forcing it. I really like work with your body. And I, th- I know that that's something that you said, and it's something I say all the time, work with your body. It, it deserves that love and attention. It deserves to be heard. And if you can do it for the after, you'll always feel better. And sometimes that's the incentive that you need, right? That that's it always. And I think it's the habits that we, we uh, focus on really that hold us in those moments when we don't feel grounded and motivated and all those things. So it's like, have the habits there, whatever they are. And I think sometimes we over idealize it. We're like, I'm going to work out six days a week for an hour and a half. And then I'm going to, I'm like, whoa, (laughs) okay. Like, I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm like, how about you just lower the bar so that you can gift that to yourself? You know, those, I think sometimes it's, again, that's the compassion piece where, like you said, maybe you sit down and you listen to a guided meditation for 10 minutes, but just listen to whatever's calling you forth Mm -hmm. and be willing to try something different than maybe if your life isn't moving in the direction you want, really gifting yourself a few small, consistent things that you can do so that you can see how this leads you to a different place and just notice what you notice in the process. Really powerful. It is. And I think that I I dropped an episode today that was on courage. And that's the thing that I said, nothing changes, like exactly what you just said, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you have this desire and you keep showing up the same way each and every day, it's hard to get there. And I, I share tools on how to get there. But the other thing that I love that you said is like, who says that you have to work out six days a week, this much time, like question that and question, like how good would a 10 minute stretch on YouTube be? How good would a 10 minute, like I've been adding in the like little 10 minutes here and there. And I'm like, wow, that really adds up. And it's really not a lot in my day. And my life seems to feel better. 
Okay, cool. That's another tool. And you don't have to have the whole toolkit right away. So yes, I think that's important to say, because some people might be just starting out and they're like, I just got a hammer. That's all. I have. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, listen, I had a, I had a sledgehammer in my to- toolbox for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it down. I love it. I did. I switched that over time, but you know, that's still in my toolbox for those times. And I really need to pull it out, but it's not the only tool I have anymore. Oh, that's amazing. There's so many questions I, I have for you, but I feel like we've done a really good job just giving people that starting point. And I know a lot of people have been requesting that on Instagram as I've been, you know, sharing more and more, mm-hmm. about, you know, pulling the mask off. So I know that they're going to love this. I know that you and I geek out a little bit on Instagram about books. So I would love to know what are you currently reading or what's your a, a favorite book for awakening or personal development or coming home mm. to you? Oh gosh, so no many. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Um, okay, let me just turn in my chair right now. I'm really loving the Gene Keys right now. Yeah. Um, there is a real uh, love and desire for humans right now to to really know about who they are. So if you've never dove into the Gene Keys, it's a bit of a dive. It's um, The book is from Richard Rudd. Don't get it on audio because it's not that kind of book. It's more of a reference And your gene keys is based on when you were born and where you were born. And I love it because there is an understanding of myself, I believe, but also I love it because there are so many truths that, that really support my higher truths. So just even reading through the book. So I would say gene keys has been one of my recent loves and desires. And then um, actually there's another book that I'm reading right now. When you are ready, this is how you heal. Ooh, that sounds so juicy. I'm excited. I love that you said gene keys because I've recently geeked out. I had someone on here to talk about human design and they're like, okay, we'll talk about human design and gene keys because I've been geeking out over like human Mm. design has been blowing my mind with learning more about myself and giving myself that permission slip to be myself, not trying to be like, I, I forever will be like, why can't you just be like that person? Like, why are you trying to do 10 things? And I'm like, oh, cause you're a manifesting generator. That makes sense. And I'm the generator. So it's like, that's why I can't do the things that aren't for me. I'm like, can't do it. But isn't it so nice to know? And you're just like, I, I don't have to do that anymore. Like I can, I can find a loophole there. What's your uh, profile? I'm a four, six. What's yours? Just out of curiosity. I'm a one, three. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I just did a podcast um, interview with a girlfriend who is a strengths finders and an Enneagram coach. And we were talking about that. We were talking about this love of, of really how humans love to have a better understanding potentially of who they are. So whether it's a, you know, personality test, whether it's like a Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or all these different things, there's a piece in there where we're like, we feel seen and we feel heard. It's not who we are, but it's a place where we can start to have a better kind of understanding of potentiality within ourselves. So I love that. I love that. You love that. I love human design. I love gene keys. Gene keys to me is, is really about the path of awakening. So that's why it really excites me. And I love the girl that I had on. She says it's a contemplation. So you're absolutely right. It's not, you are this, or you are that, or this is another box that we can put ourselves into. She's like, contemplate it. And for every gene key, there's a shadow, but there's a gift, right? So you don't have to stay in the shadow and you can have more awareness is what we're all talking about here is 
oh, I'm, I'm having the awareness that I'm playing the victim here and I'm the gift is freedom. So what is going to make me feel free? And in that moment, you can ask one question and you can get so many answers mm-hmm. for yourself. So I love that. So where can listeners find you to get more information about your upcoming programs, your roots, if you have retreats and, and to listen to your podcast, which I absolutely love. I'm going to, before you go in there, say, I wanted to talk about boundaries, but I realized that you have a whole episode on that and you, it's so <laughs> good. So I'm going to link that in the show notes so that people can, can go and listen to that. Cause I know that that was something that a lot of people are struggling with through mm. the awakening process. So yeah, for sure. Those two things go hand in hand. Thank you for that, Pam. Yes. You can find me at soul inspired girl. Almost everything I have is soul inspired girl. Girl is spelled G U R L as always. It's just a little off the, the normal way. Instagram, I play a lot, Soul Inspired Girl, soulinspiredgirl.com. And I'm sure you can link it up in the show notes. But yeah, definitely. And you can also find my podcast, Soul Inspired Girl Podcast. Thank you so much for this, Pam. I'm just really grateful to enter into a conversation. I learned so much already, just even from us conversing back and forth. And I'm just deeply aware of how important it feels like right now for human being human beings to create space to have an understanding of other human beings. It's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. Holding the space and the connection. Like this is like, this fills my cup up so much having people like you on the podcast. I told my sister, I was like, I'm so excited for today. It feels like Christmas. And she was like, that's so amazing that you get to feel that lit up every day and that people accept and come on. And I'm like, it's actually pretty amazing at Mm -hmm the community that you weave and then you're promoting other people. And, you know, so whoever speaks to you, 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 you know, that you're not alone. There's so many tools and resources out there. And if you get an inkling or nudging towards someone, look into it, like give yourself the gift of just curiosity to, to look into it. And, uh, and that if you're living right now and you don't feel fired up about anything, find one thing like find one little one thing. thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to start huge. And it, it, it can just be like something simple, like call a girlfriend where you can geek out and talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> Go get the gene keys, sit down with a yeah. big cup of tea and just start reading. You're going to love it, but make sure you bring a highlighter because it's that kind of book. <laughs> yes. I've heard that. I've had a couple of people on the podcast for that. And I think the blue one she said is it's very, intense and and lots of thinking and then the white one was a little bit lighter so I'm like I might buy the the white book I forget the name of them but I know I have them both in my cart on Amazon so that's a little nudge for me to just click purchase and and contemplate that even more always always awesome thank you Pam so grateful can't wait for this episode to come out so that I can share it with all the humans who need to hear your message too I just think that's the rising tide of change That's so amazing. Thank you. If you enjoyed this and want more, head over to my website, www.pamrocco.com. There's all kinds of freebies, goodies, recipes, or to work with me. I also have a lot of fun over on Instagram. You can find me at Pam underscore Rocca. I would so appreciate if you could screenshot this episode, share it and tag me in it. Let me know what you're loving. And if you would leave a review, I would be so grateful because it allows others to see what the podcast is all about and improves the ranking. So if you enjoyed it, I would so appreciate that. Have a beautiful day and shine on my friends.